Hi, this is Dr. Kerry Gell, host of Open Your Eyes, with a very special guest, uh, doc, Dr. Zork Tespazo, uh, from all the way from Hungary. And I just want to thank you. He's an expert on myopia. Uh, as you remember, Dr. Zolt was in our film uh, documentary. He was very kind. He gave us a very nice interview. And he, his family, we had dinner with his family in a suburb of Hungary, a suburb of uh, Budapest in Hungary. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So it's great that we have an expert on myopia because some of the things we could do in the United States, you could do in Europe. And in Hungary, we can't do in the United States because of our FDA. So you have a little bit more insight than we do and a little bit more experience. So I'm very honored to be speaking with you today. Thank you, Terry. So tell us, what is myopia? What is nearsightedness? Well, when I, I checked on the Merriam's Webster Dictionary, it says as definition of myopia condition, in which the visual images come to the focus in front of the retina of the eye, resulting especially in defective vision of distance object. This is what, what we call nearsightedness. So that's basically a medical condition, uh, which everywhere in the world, uh, we, uh, we recognize as a medical condition, and we as professional treating as medical condition. The incidence of myopia is really increasing. You could uh, that's true, and uh, unfortunately not, not in part of Asia and, and the rest of the world, but also in Europe quite heavily. We, uh, we have a few studies which shows that, uh, that in the past, it was uh, like, uh, like the increase of seven to eight percent, and right now is more than 20, 25 percent. So also the WHO is aware of that, and they published an article in 2018 uh, with Professor uh, Calvin Nadu of uh, help uh, to show, and the Brian Holden Vision Institute uh, to show the increase of myopia, how uh, how dramatically is increasing, and uh, how fast it is increasing, and. Uh, as they prognose by 2050, about half of the world population will be myopic, which is quite, uh, quite a big, big number. So do you think myopia is a condition or do you feel it's a disease? Because there's a new trend now that, that people feel the experts, the scientists are doing research are calling myopia a disease. Uh, yes, uh, and uh, you know, until, until the uh, the lower myopia, I don't think really this is a disease. We, we don't know how an anatropic eye coming myopic, but as the uh, mid and higher uh, stage of myopia is definitely a, a disease as it uh, it's, uh, bring lots of other kind of medical con uh, conditions uh, into life. So like glaucoma, like cataract. Uh, like all the retina, different kind of retinopathy, stuff like that. So explain the different side effects to myopia that you were just saying, the different diseases that myopia could be associated with. Yes, correct. So uh, we're talking about glaucoma, uh, yeah. macular degeneration, uh, retinal detachment, cataracts. Yeah. yeah, and also, you know, uh, MMD, which is the myopic macular degeneration, is one of the most common cause of visual impairment in patients with myopia. So if you're a patient that has myopia, what would your symptoms be? Well, they cannot see for distance. That's, that's the first, uh, first instance what, uh, what we realized. And then uh, we, are, uh, we are depending on what kind of treatment uh, we, we would be able to put to life, whether it's uh, glasses, or whether it's a contact lens, or whether uh, it's uh, for, for young adults, especially in these days, we are going to orthokeratology, or different kind of soft lenses, which the market just, just introduced. For example, Cooper MySight is one of them, which is already available in the US, uh, and uh, you guys will be able to, uh, to have it also for your patients uh, there. Let's talk about the causes of myopia. 
and the theory of the causes of myopia. Okay, so uh, myopia is basically uh, causing different uh, different parts uh, of the the eye. One, uh, it's basically the eyeball elongation uh, what what causing uh, causing this uh, this uh, kind of medical disease. Uh, and uh, uh, because of that, the patient cannot see for uh, for uh, distance, and uh, therefore they need to have correction to see, uh, to able to see for distance. So, because so many people have myopia, and myopia has increased about 20, 25 percent in the U.S. since 19 since the 1970s, the cost of myopia is very high. Can you talk about that impact that it has on society? Uh, yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, the uh, you know uh, for people uh, who cannot see uh, see well, they cannot uh, do the proper job. They cannot uh, cannot uh, be uh, on the working environment uh, uh, as as good as it should. Uh, there are some dangers in different kind of uh, positions, like uh, workers with forklifting. Uh, it, it could be a, a quite uh, life dangerous situation in this case. Of, uh, in this case. So, if we look at the causes of myopia, uh, if you could go over what is is it? Are we not spending enough time outside? Are we on the screen too much? How much is genetics? If you could go explain some of that for us. Okay, yeah, so uh, the genetics is, is uh, quite, uh, quite important there. There are different studies. Uh, it shows that the people who has uh, myopia is less uh, in, uh, in uh, uh, rural areas than in, uh, in uh, uh, um, um, like cities or urban areas, yeah, yeah, like uh, cities, uh, multicultural cities, and uh, uh, also approximately one percent of the whites and one to third uh, percent of the Asians has pathologic myopia uh, problems. So if we uh, we see all the kind of uh, of numbers uh, here. Uh, we see that uh, that those uh, those patients who has uh, myopia is uh, quite increasing in different kind uh, kind of areas. Uh, also, uh, the uh, the rates is is quite uh, quite important. Uh, some studies shows that for white people we have less uh, myopic patients than uh, than in Asian population. Uh, as well as the uh, Afro-American population. Now, this is causing uh, a tremendous cost on, for, on the population as far as the need to buy glasses and contacts. And, yeah. and in That's places right. where people can't afford glasses and contacts. Yes, that's correct. So uh, also Dr. Nadu and the Arvo conference, which was in 2019, I just showed up that the global potential of productivity loss associated with the burden of visual impairment uh, from myopic, myopic macular degeneration, MMD, and uh, uncorrected myopia in 2015 was estimated 250 billion uh, US dollars, including the 17 billion in care associated with productivity loss. So this is, this is a really high number and uh, uh, we as professionals think we need to, uh, to do something against that because it's, it's really, uh, really big. So in your opinion, let's look at the, the causes of myopia. We look at, look at some of the research and your opinion and you, know, you have a lot of years of experience. So things have changed a lot since the 70s and now the increase of myopia and soon the, half the population will be myopic by 20, 2050. What do you think the causes are? What's different now from the 1970s where there were less myopia? Well, definitely uh, the, uh, the technology changed, the environment is changed, and the people is changed. So 
all these kind of factors uh, are, uh, are taking place, said myopia is increasing worldwide. Uh, technology like iPhones and, and other mobile devices, the kids are, are seeing quite, uh, quite aggressively also young, uh, young children. So uh, those kind of uh, device in one hand is helpful for the parents because they are not spending so much time with the kids. On the other hand, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, increasing uh, the ability uh, that the kids will have uh, myopia. You know, the kids are not going outside as much. They're spending more time on their screens. It's, it's almost a deeper psychological and sociological prob pro problem. Yes, that's correct. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the friendship is also making on the internet and Facebook. They are not, uh, not having the, the outside daily activities. Even uh, they didn't go to the mall for, uh, uh, at the weekend to, uh, to meet with each other and, and browsing stuff. They more, more likely chit chat on, uh, on their iPhone devices or any kind of mobile devices. So uh, because they are, they are in a very uh, closed environment, they are, uh, they are not, uh, not, uh, not using the distance vision as much more than in a uh, 1.5 meter environment, uh, which also help to increase uh, the myopia as uh, for this distance, uh, most of the people are accommodated. Now, is there a way to predict who is going to become myopic? Uh, yes, definitely. Uh, there, there, are, uh, there are ways where, where we, we would be able to see if a child in, in a year of five or six uh, coming, uh, coming myopic when, when we do the retinoscopy uh, and uh, when, when we uh, do the, the uh, autorefractor, the autorefractor uh, measurements, uh, uh, it's, it shows us that, uh, that if, if there is a minus 0 0.50, my, uh, minus 0 0.55, sorry, minus uh, 0 0.75, it shows that, that there will be an increase. And also, uh, our Australian colleagues at the, uh, at the Brian Holden Vision Institute made a myopia calculator, uh, which shows us which ethnicity, which uh, kind of child age, which kind of refractive errors uh, we have and what type of myopia management we, we try to use, what, what is the prognosis for a couple of years later. Like they, uh, they, they put us uh, about eight, seven, eight years uh, for a child who has, uh, who, who has a child age, uh, for example, eight years and 050 is a refractive error. And we try to use a, a multifocal contact lens. It could be predicted uh, when the child will be 17, it could be minus two, minus 250 in best scenario with management, but without management, it could be five or over five, which is the kind of power where we could be see uh, also uh, medical conditions like different kind of retinopathies. There we go. So let's talk about the traditional ways that we treated myopia. Okay. Uh, nor, uh, normally, uh, we, we treated the myopia on a couple of ways. For example, uh, when, we, uh, when we see first the child has myopia, we put them glasses. It was forever, uh, way back uh, to the year 1980s or, or so. Then later, when contact lens introduced to the market, uh, first the hard contact lens were fitted uh, to the eyes, then, uh, then regular soft lenses. And because the soft lenses were more comfortable uh, for the people, it, uh, it's uh, like was a boom, uh, especially those countries uh, where, uh, where the RGP or rigid lenses was so hard. Uh, for example, in Japan, when I started my career in 1980s, the Japanese population, about 80% were GP lenses. Right now, this trend is like 80% soft lenses. So it's, 
it shows how uh, the soft contact lens boom was forwarded to Japan where uh, and the comfort uh, is is so uh, so much beneficial for the people so therefore uh, for uh, for GP lenses not especially talking about orthopedology uh, in these days uh, but GP lenses or other kind of contact lenses what what especially uh, children are not comfortable with uh, I'm a little bit skeptic because the children will not uh, not use uh, those lenses because they cannot see a clear or talking about multifocals or uh, GP lenses were not comfortable enough to them to varying instead of the soft lenses. So there, there, there is some kind of uh, partial motion. What what I see uh, that uh, that it will be happening. We don't know. The goal is to uh, to getting as comfortable as. Uh, as good as medical device we, we can do uh, for people who are having myopia. So GP means gas permeable. It's more yes, of a hard right. type of contact lens. Right. Yeah. So for people that are for, for yes. listening. Right. Uh, now, is there anything you could tell parents at home that they could do at home to screen to see if their kids are nearsighted or have myopia? Uh, yes. Uh, there was also about 1990s a uh, 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 professional from Finland called Kaisu Vikari uh, who presented a book called Panacea. And uh, this book basically told uh, for parents if the kids is reading too much or having, uh, having lots of reading or, uh, or you know, uh, playing around in an environment which is, uh, which is increasing the myopia, the best way to do is look up from the book or look up from the screen, see the distance, whether it uh, is the other corner in the wall and uh, they can uh, see clear and sharp, then do it and then try to read again the book because then it relaxes the muscle uh, in uh, in the eye, it relaxes the accommodation, and it distress uh, is not uh, not bringing so much the myopia uh, progression as if they are not doing that. For example, 20, uh, 30 pages they are they are reading continuously. So in Hungary and in in Europe, at what age do they recommend that children get their eyes examined for myopia? Uh, can you repeat? Uh, in, your, in Europe and in Hungary, at what age do, do you recommend that children get their eyes examined to see if they have one myopia or any type of eye condition or any kind of eye disease? Well, in Hungary, we are, we are happy because in the medical healthcare system uh, is uh, uh, doing the regular checkups also in the kindergarten ages. So... There are nurses are coming with showing the different kind of signs uh, for the kids. So they are pretty easy to, and, and fast to determine in early ages, like, uh, like kids are four or five years old, that something is not, uh, not good, especially anisometropia is, uh, is one, of, one of the uh, kind of disease what we uh, we see quite often and the nurses is sending to us to a, to professionals because the, uh, the child can see one eye but cannot see the other eye so uh, this kind of medical rehabilitation uh, is uh, is quite important and uh, we are doing that and most of the cases myopia is uh, is uh, found uh, at the uh, at the ages four or five years, and they will be the higher myopic population. Uh, but later on, when uh, when the kids just uh, just finished uh, the fourth grade or so, then uh, getting more and more uh, more study and learning, and that's that's increasing the myopia as well. And the ages of uh, eight or nine years old. 
Well, now it's more important that we are able to identify children that have myopia because now there are things we could do to slow the progression because side effects of myopia, like we talked about before, retinal detachment with people that are myopic, there's over a four times greater chance to get uh, retinal detachment, over a two times greater chance for glaucoma and uh, cataracts. So it's good to be able to pick it up as early as possible. So now at what age can we start being able to prevent myopia? Before we get into the things that can be done, the techniques to prevent myopia, at, at what age can we start once we identify, okay, the child has myopia, the child is nearsighted, at what age can we start to be able to slow the progression? Well, I'm, I'm as practitioner telling as early as possible because until five diopters, we have the chance that we can play a little bit uh, with the diopters. So we can, we can have uh, the, uh, the myopia progression, but after minus five, there are serious uh, effects on the eyeball, on the retina, and on the visual pathway, uh, what we are unable to control after minus five. So uh, my suggestion to all of uh, the practitioners, if the child has a myopia, even in, my, uh, in uh, four years of age, start to do the myopia uh, treatment as early as possible. Great, and we know that if we catch the kids early uh, to prevent, if they're outside playing in the sun, we could, the sun helps, the, whether it's the ultraviolet light or the infrared or the combination with, with the blue, somehow decreases the elongation. So let's see, uh, let's talk about the different ways and different techniques we could use to decrease the progression of myopia. So if we catch somebody early, so uh, for those that are listening, myopia could go from, uh, goes from say minus a half up to minus 25, minus 30. Of course, most people fall in somewhere between one and six or one and eight. So if we see a child, at what number will you start recommending myopia control? And what are the different techniques that we could use to decrease the progression? Okay, so uh, in our practice, we're using the myopia control, as I mentioned earlier, as, uh, as quick as possible. Uh, so when, when a child is coming uh, to us uh, with a half of diopters, and it's not really bothering the, the visual acuity for, uh, for, uh, for them, just not see clear enough uh, at the school, at the chart, or, or stuff like that. We normally, uh, at the first step, prescribing uh, uh, glasses. Uh, with, uh, with glasses, which has the two-form optics, uh, uh, which has a wider uh, optical center range, and uh, we are lucky enough to have uh, also uh, different kind of instruments like OCTs and, uh, uh, and, this, uh, and OPDs. Uh, OPDs is a great device to determine how much plus powers uh, the, uh, the kids has on the periphery. So if we, uh, we see plus powers, then we are okay uh, with the glasses uh, for minus one, minus 150. Uh, but if we are not seeing any plus powers on the periphery uh, at the minus one stage, we are recommend uh, for, uh, for the parents even a multifocal lens, uh, which could be quite challenging uh, for younger uh, children like, my, uh, like four or five. In this case, we are more like, uh, likely offering the orthoperitology which is, you know, the, uh, the kids can sleep with the lens and in the morning uh, the parents can take, uh, take out the lens from the eye and, and see clear and sharp all day long. And, uh, uh, and uh, uh, they, uh, that's, uh, that's basically the, uh, the best way uh, to, uh, to decrease the myopia progression. 
in uh, in uh, uh, in a younger population, uh, they are not really, in my in my experience, uh, they not really tolerate multifocal lens because they cannot see clear enough, and uh, the the peripheral vision uh, is uh, bothering these children so much that they are not e even want to uh, put in uh, the contact lenses, especially talking uh, the multifocal soft lenses uh, to the eyes. So for this reason, uh, we, are, uh, we are offering uh, the parents the orthokeratology lenses, uh, which is a great benefit uh, for, uh, for those children. In a, yeah, so let me sorry. interrupt for, just for, sir, for a second, because in the US, we don't have glasses that are approved by the FDA to decrease myopia. And you have that where you are in, in Europe. Yeah. Does, how well does it work? Does it work in your experience? Well, uh, orthokeratolensis definitely, but, uh, but multifocal lenses, I, I wasn't able to see any kind of lens until now. We have no experience with the MySight lens yet. Now how about uh, with, gla with glasses? Yeah, with, with, with glasses. Form, with the true form glasses. With true form uh, glasses is, is a good concept. Uh, because most of the glasses uh, we uh, we see uh, some progression, but not so much if we are not using the true form optics. I know Hoya and different other Japanese manufacturers, including Americans, are working with a technique where they are putting uh, to the uh, to the uh, to the glasses surface uh, plus and minus like like the multifocal glasses. And then it uh, it tried to help uh, for uh, for uh, for kids to decrease the myopia progression. Uh, the, uh, even the kids spend less time outside; they still taking off the uh, uh, the glasses. So this is the big disadvantage uh, because if they be uh, playing soccer or if they playing basketball, whatever. Uh, they are playing and they are playing in this uh, this kind of age. They are not really using uh, the uh, the glasses. So my benefit more like the orthokeratology and soft contact lenses instead of the glasses. So how long uh, how long has the how long has there you go how how long have the glasses been approved in uh, in Europe where you could use glasses to control myopia. Because that's totally well, new for us in the U.S. In, in Europe, uh, we do not have a, an institution like FDA, as you know. So, uh, so people uh, in Europe, they are using glasses uh, as a first step, but it's not approved as a myopia uh, progression diva medical device. Okay, so in your opinion, do they work at all or a little bit or you said it kind of worked uh, a little bit? It worked a little bit, but not, 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 uh, not as, uh, as much as, as, as we are expecting. In higher powers, yes, for sure. Uh, you know, if, if we are unable to use orthokeratology, we need to do something uh, in stage. If, if somebody is coming, uh, coming to us in a later stage, a stage where they have minus six, minus seven diopters, then we need to do something. Most of the cases we are using contact lenses, uh, but uh, in, in some conditions, dry eyes, for example, uh, when they are unable to use contact lenses, then we are using these two form optics. So let's talk about what we know that works well that you have experienced. So let's talk about your favorite, right? Orthokeratology. Yeah, orthokeratology, how it works. If you had a child at what age would you put your child in it to prevent myopia and and what you use with your patients and how well it works that's something we do have and i do have experience with it and it has worked well with me but let me go to the expert okay well i try <laughs> to be an expert <laughs> okay not not uh, not really you know we 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 only need to learn uh, and we have difficult patients who whose cornea is not reshaping as good as, as we want to. 
uh, and and we are spending more uh, more time, especially with with uh, with those uh, those complicated patients. But normally, I say we are putting uh, NSH six uh, in most cases uh, this uh, this kind of orthokeratolytic lenses, and we uh, honestly we do not see too much progression. So uh, when the uh, six-year-old kids uh, coming to 16, uh, the uh, the orthokeratology hold uh, their powers. Maybe it's increasing minus one diopter or minus one and a half, but not more. And then uh, then even the kids deciding they do not want to wear anymore uh, those orthokeratology lenses in an age of 18 or 19 which for example my son did, uh, they are able to use the regular kind of soft contact lenses and the myopia is not progressing. So explain what orthokeratology is, what kind of lens you use, and explain, the, uh, explain that first and then we'll go into the equipment, the technology you use. Because you okay. talked about it a little bit, but I want you to explain it a little more. Okay, so uh, this is this is a hard lens. It's a gauss permeable lens, uh, which which has high oxygen transmissibility, and has a special shape, uh, which basically uh, push very gently the central portion of the cornea and redistribute uh, the uh, the epithelial uh, fluids from the central uh, onto the periphery. So that's uh, with this kind of reshaping the cornea, we are getting a similar shape uh, for uh, the cornea, uh, what we are able to get with contact lenses uh, or with glasses. Therefore, the patient can see well uh, all uh, awakening hours. We have patients who wearing it uh, with every night times so every day they are putting uh, putting the lenses in at night but we do have patients who are who are not who only uh, putting the lenses uh, into their eyes every second or every third day uh, the third day is really challenging so there are only a few people who are able to uh, to get this kind of uh, corneal reshaping uh, but uh, but most of them are putting on a daily basis to the eye. So it's a hard lens that reshapes the front of the eye. Yes, so correct. The per, so the patient, they sleep with it at night, they take it off in the morning, it's very gentle, they take it off in the morning and then they could see for the whole day, but then they have to put it in at night before they go to bed again, most of the time. Yes, that's correct. And if somebody has astigmatism, does it work? Uh, yes, uh, especially uh, right now that uh, that more uh, or uh, more orthokeratology lenses are coming up with different uh, different zones and different techniques. As the computerized lid uh, is available for us as a technique, uh, the manufacturers are able to get uh, get those kind of orthokeratology lenses also for astigmatic patients. So astigmatism is two shapes to the eye, the front of the eye, where the light comes in with two different focal points. So we need to bring both those focal points on the back of the eye, the retina, so somebody could see properly. How about somebody over 40, over 45, over 50, that has trouble reading? Are there orthokeratology lenses for those people, and do they work well? Uh, well, uh, we tried, uh, tried this, this kind of uh, challenge let's put on this way uh, in some cases yes in some cases not and most of the uh, most of the cases were presbyopia so old ages uh, coming uh, coming alive and patients like me cannot see very well uh, for uh, for near uh, most of the cases we are using soft multifocal lenses uh, uh, hyperops are more happier than myops, I need to tell, because myop patients also would like to see precisely, and when they are taking off uh, their, uh, their lenses, what, what they are using for distance, like for example, a minus six diopter myops, they can see very precisely 
for uh, for nerves. So they can even do manicure without anything, and they can uh, see little tiny things. So when we are try uh, try to uh, to making them multifocal lenses, we have the problem because they they uh, they are realizing that they are unable to see as good as with contact lenses, but without contact lenses, they can see much better. So yes, orthokeratology is also a possibility uh, for, uh, for uh, people who are getting over 40 for presby doing presbyopic correction, but, uh, but with presbyopic correction, uh, we need to, to do uh, this push more in the periphery rather than central and then kind of uh, kind of multifocal designs or other kind of designs we need to do that the patient uh, patient visual acuity for near uh, would be as good as as they want sometimes it works sometimes we need to give additional reading glasses and how for for people or that are farsighted they don't have enough power in their eyes so instead of being on the minus side where they can see up close. Uh, these people have trouble seeing up close, even kids, but th they can see far away. How does it work for that? Uh, you mean orthokeratology? Yes. Okay, yeah. So orthokeratology uh, is, is a great concept and it's much easier like laser surgery uh, for males because they are even pushed down the central portion and making the shape, but we, we are unable to adding up to the cornea little, little tiny cells uh, for, for hyper ups. So therefore, we are making it a kind of trick. So we are pushing on the periphery of the cornea and it's basically making, a, making the central portion uh, more, more like having more powers, which is basically a trick, but this is how, uh, how we, uh, we try to, uh, to make the orthokeratology uh, for hyperups to see better. Uh, in my experience, uh, my ops works much better with orthokeratology than hyperups. And with the earlier, the, the younger the child is and the faster you could get them into orthokeratology, uh, the better, is that a fair statement? Yes, that's correct, absolutely. So let's move over to soft lenses for myopia control. And as you mentioned before, uh, the, uh, MySight, which is a, a lens by CooperVision, has just been approved, has not been used yet uh, in the United States. What's your experience with MySight and some of the other uh, soft lenses to control the progression of myopia. How well does it work in your experience? Uh, what other brands are, are, are there any other brands in Europe? In the United States, we just have we have one brand that's off-label, and now we have my site that's been approved by the FDA. Yeah, well, uh, unfortunately, uh, my site is just launched uh, in Europe. Okay. So we we all, uh, we do not have any experience. Uh, with the MySight lenses. However, we see CooperVision presented us tremendous uh, studies and reports uh, from Asia where they launched uh, those kind of lenses long time ago, I think about three, four years. Uh, the, the problem what I'm realizing here is this lens, the best of my knowledge, is not a silicon hydrogel lens. And uh, as the industry, uh, or well, the, the manufacturer forced the industry to those pathway, which is a good way uh, to getting more and more oxygen to the cornea, to getting healthier corneas, in this case is a little bit going backward because those lenses, even the design is great. Uh, it's not not a silicon hydrogel. So we have a regular HEMA-based lens uh, at this uh, this case, and we have a great design. So we are looking forward to supervision presenting us also the same design on a silicon hydrogel base. 
Uh, the other manufacturers uh, are uh, doing uh, also uh, kind of myopia controls. We know that, uh, that even in Asia, Asian manufacturers are working uh, working with uh, with this uh, this kind of uh, design, and uh, most of them are multifocal design. The multifocal design is great. However, the multifocal design, especially for myops, is disturbing the uh, the distance vision. So whether the uh, the kids would be able to accommodate uh, to this uh, disturbed visual environment or not they want to use or they do not want to use uh, those kind of soft lenses. There are other kind of research and development where they are thinking uh, the, uh, the multifocal design is a great way, but what if we are not doing multifocal design? What if we are having other kind of methods like with wavefront technology, increasing the spherical aberration, increasing other kind of Zernike-based uh, central aberrations and getting, uh, getting the, the patients, uh, the myopia progression reduction on this way. What if there are uh, the, uh, the wa uh, wave sources coming into the eyeball, we are diverting like a prism uh, uh, on this kind of uh, contact lens design. So there are different kind of designs what manufacturers are trying. Uh, unfortunately, the, the old base uh, HEMA materials, very well known. The silicon hydrogel uh, material, less known as well as the expansion rate as they are manufacturing those lenses in a molded technology is very, very different from the HEMA based lenses instead of the silicon hydrogels. So the study or the research and development uh, on this kind of design need to be redone all in all way to be able to get the proper design as a silicon hydrogel rather than a HEMA-based lens. Therefore, I, I very much understand why Cooper is choose first time the MySight lens for the Asian market to be able to uh, to do it. Uh, there you are. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, can you talk a little bit about the the technology used to see who's a good uh, a, a good candidate? You talked about OCP. Uh, you talked uh, you talked about some other equipment. Can you explain that? Uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, in myopia control, we uh, we are having the OPD. It's basically uh, a, a technology what the Japanese manufacturer uh, presented to us and it's, it's also available in the United States. It shows us uh, uh, during the pupil uh, what, what kind of power the patient has. It it's makes lots of measurements, not, not only on the cornea surface, but all uh, the powers going back, uh, back until the retina and then the reverse uh, wave, uh, the machine is calculating what kind of power the patients need. So most of the cases uh, we see that, uh, that on the pupil portion is quite uh, linear and uh, uh, some cases we see on the periphery they have uh, plus powers. So for children who has a linear the same power all the way along on the pupil. Uh, we, we are using the orthoperatology techniques for the, uh, the people who has more plus power in, uh, in the periphery. We are uh, sometimes using uh, multifocal lenses to see if it helps. If not, then going back to the old way and, and going orthoperatology or we are uh, having, uh, having lenses where, uh, where the spherical aberration, uh, uh, they are putting a little bit more in the central portion, we are using, uh, using those lenses. And you measure length of the eye, we call it axial length. How does that yeah. help you? And what instrument do you use for that? Uh, we, uh, we, uh, we do not have in our office, we are sending to the clinic, 
to the SEMOS Medical University to, uh, to measuring the axial length. Uh, if I remember, I'm not good in names. I, th uh, I think they, uh, they have both, uh, both instruments, which is currently available uh, on the market. Uh, one, uh, if I remember uh, good, Alcon is the manufacturer, the other, I, I don't know. And they are, uh, they are measuring the axial length on this, uh, this way for, uh, for patients with both instruments, and they, they, they give a mean, and this mean is presenting to us. And how often do you measure the length of the eye as you're doing the treatment? Because we want to stop the eye from lengthening. How often will you measure it? Every six months, every year, every three months? Well, in 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 our uh, or, uh, or clinic, we are uh, we are using on a on a yearly basis. Now, talk a little bit about eye drops to slow down the the to slow down myopia, atropine. Yeah. Uh, there, there are uh, there are different kind of uh, eye drops uh, was used prior uh, than uh, than the uh, the eye care practitioners or choose the atropine. Uh, but there there are first was the low dose atropine, the zero point zero five, uh, then the zero point uh, sorry first was the zero point zero one, then the zero point zero five. Then we are right now going a little bit backward and we we see a better and better result uh, with higher dose of atropine well atropine is uh, and and it's obvious to dilate the pupil so that's uh, that's the big disadvantage because uh, it's uh, the light sensitivity is is so uh, so much and it's bothering the the people so uh, we have uh, we have children who uh, who we were uh, started to use with atropine, but most of the time uh, the uh, the kids just said it's uh, the light sensation is is so much and they they cannot live with that. So then we are changing the atropine uh, to uh, to the orthopedology. Now, do you ever use combination therapy? So orthopedology. Yeah, we do. Uh -huh. uh, we, what what we are you do. using in Europe? What kind of combination uh, are you using? Well, we're using orthokeratology as the first uh, ways, and uh, and uh, if the children going uh, the myopia progression and and increasing the myopia, then we're using some uh, some additional uh, treatment. Uh, we try to use atropine, uh, but we are using uh, also other kind of short uh, short midriatic drops, uh, especially at night. Uh, so it's not uh, not bothering uh, the vision, the, the pupil dilation so much. Well, this has been fantastic. And if you could leave our audience with three things about myopia that you think is important for their children for preventing myopia, or once they get it, what would they be? Okay, so first, don't give the kids uh, this kind of mobile device too early. Okay, uh, that's that's number one. They they sing already too much. There are YouTube videos, there are podcasts, uh, there are there are everything. Uh, even uh, even toys, what uh, what games they are uh, they are seeing on a daily basis, and they are spending lots of time with with their uh, their electronic uh, small devices. So even iPhone is a great or let's put uh, put not not uh, press uh, how I should say manufacturer's name uh, as Apple uh, uh, smaller uh, smaller devices change bigger devices so if it's really a need and the kids want to play uh, with device don't play with with smaller devices go to a bigger devices like tablets Tablets gives a much better option, much better, uh, much wider picture for uh, for the kids. That's number one. And don't use lots of time. And always, when a game ends, don't start immediately the, the other. Relax a little bit. It doesn't need to be so much, maybe a minute, and then start again. That's number one. Number two, if the kids is coming myopic, start the myopia management as early as possible. 
Uh, orthokeratology is a great option. Also, the kids as well as the parents can, uh, can be well tolerated. And because they are not wearing uh, any kind of medical device during the day, uh, it, it has no, not such a problem like with soft lenses, if somebody is, uh, is losing the lens or kick them off or, or something is happening and, and then uh, they need to call the parents, hey, give me uh, uh, some lenses. And they, they, uh, the kids do not need to treat their lenses themselves. The parents can do it at night, uh, at home and in the morning. So it's much safer. Uh, for the kids to not use anything during uh, daytime. The third one is the the hard one because that's that's the two <laughs> two most important uh, thing. Uh, the uh, the third one is uh, the uh, if the kid cannot see well or they are uh, they uh, they uh, they going closer to the television or they going closer to to see something it must remind the parents that something is not good the visual activity with the children and they need to uh, to visit the practitioner as soon as possible so i want to thank dr zotepasato if i'm saying your name it's so hard for me uh, <laughs> no from problem. us uh and if somebody wants to get in contact with you how can they do that uh, the, uh, the easiest email uh, is the easiest is uh, by emailing to me. Uh, my email address is the same as my last name, Tabasto, T A B A S E T O, at optimizedvision.com. Well, I just want to thank you for being with us today. You're a wealth of information and a wealth of knowledge. And I hope you have a wonderful 2020. Thank you so thank much. Thank you very Tony. much. I, I wish the same to you, Carrie.